Thank you for your grace, Lord. We thank you for your grace. So good morning, everybody. Welcome to Maple Street Worship Center. Um, why don't you just take a minute, greet each other, say hi, give some hugs. Some people are back from some summer holidays. And but don't let it get out of hand, because we've got to get back and do some more worship here.
the second page for the I just want to let you know this is a free place to worship. We, uh, freedom's obviously a, a big thing here. So feel free to sit down, to stand up, to move around. Do your best to engage. We, uh, we've been reading some stuff and listening to some stuff lately on the seeing in the spirit and the spiritual realm. And I, I, we're not aware, probably, of what is going on as we're worshiping. So we are doing battle. So do your best to engage. You don't see necessarily, but you could ask God. Ask God to show you what you're doing in the spirit, in the spirit world as you're, as you're worshiping. The axe you're wielding or the sword or... I don't know, some people, it might be a machine gun or, uh, I don't know, an RPG. But we are doing stuff. We are doing stuff in the spirit realm as we worship. So be aware of that. Do your best to engage. Press in. Lift him up. I'll tell you, the, de- the demonic world is not like when we worship God. So displace them. Displace them with our sound. Place the noise of the world with the sound of praise of our God. Join the rocks in their silence. They cry out in silence. God hears that. Who breaks the power of sin and darkness? Whose love is mighty and so much stronger? The King of glory, the King above all kings. Who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder? Who saves us breathless 
in awe and wonder, the King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace, this is unfailing love, that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross, you lay down your life. That I would be set free Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me Who brings the chaos back into order? Who makes the orphans a son and daughter? The King of glory the King above all kings. Who rules the nations with truth and justice, shines like the sun in all of its brilliance. The King of glory, the King above all kings. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place, that you would bear my cross, you would lay down your life, that I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Let's join heaven. Let's join the elders and the angels all bowed around the throne. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquers the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy. Worthy, yeah, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You would lay down your life. That I would be set free. Oh, Jesus, I sing. All that you've done for me All that you've done for me Let's sing Worthies again Worthy is the Lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered the grave Worthy is the Lamb who was slain 
Worthy is the King who conquers the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, 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 yeah, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You would lay down your life. That I would be set free. I sing for all that you've done for me. All that you've done for me. Just think back to all those times, the things he's done for you. I was just reflecting on uh, yesterday morning. Is it just being, just doing? I think I heard from God it's who he is is what he does and what he does is who he is so we can remember the things that he's done in our lives and that shows his character that shows who he is as a good father so just think back think of those times think of even right now just remember who he is just think of those testimonies of who God is what he's doing what he's doing in the earth God, we thank you so much for who you are. Jesus, we praise you. We lift you up in this place, Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy are you, Jesus. So worthy. a revelation of your presence, God. Holy Spirit, we just release you. Bring us a revelation of your presence, God. We join our sister in calling out to you, God. We know you hear our hearts. 
lift our voices to you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We praise you, Jesus. We honor you in this place, Jesus. Father God, you are the Lord of all. The Lord of all. The Lord of all. The Lord of all. Our strength and song, highest praise to Him belong. Christ the Lord, the conquering King, Your name we raise, Your triumphs sing. Oh, praise the Lord, our mighty warrior. Praise the Lord, the glorious One. By his hand we stand in victory, by his name we've overcome. Though the storms of hell pursue, in darkest night we worship you, as you divide. The raging seas from death to life you safely lead. Oh, praise the Lord, our mighty warrior. Praise the Lord, the glorious one. By his hand we stand in victory. By his name we overcome. All the saints and angels bow, hosts of heaven crying out, glory, glory to the King, you reign with all eternity. Praise the Lord, our mighty warrior, praise the Lord. Our glorious one, by his hand we stand in victory, by his name we've overcome. Oh, praise the Lord, our mighty warrior, praise the Lord, the glorious one, by his hand we stand in victory, by his name. We've overcome The Lord shall reign forever and ever The Lord shall reign forever and ever The Lord shall reign Forever and ever the Lord shall reign forever and 
the glorious one by his hand we are victorious by his name we overcome praise the lord our mighty warrior praise the lord the glorious one by his blood we stand in victory by his name we overcome oh praise the lord our mighty warrior praise the lord the glorious one by his hand we stand in victory by his name we've overcome we've overcome let's go back to the board shall read forever and ever go back to the bridge let's, let's declare this declare that he reigns. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. 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 And we stand in victory by his name. We've overcome. Oh, praise the Lord, our mighty warrior. Praise the Lord, the glorious one. By his hand, we stand in victory by his name. We've overcome by his name. We've overcome by his name. We've overcome. We've Anybody have any testimonies overcoming this morning? I know there's some.
I just want to let everybody know I haven't prayed hard. I haven't been able to break through that ice wall for a long time. But I signed up to pray for the people what were at the prayer booth here at the fair. And when I knelt down to pray, I asked God to give me strength and not to give up till I was break through that thick wall of ice. I broke through. I broke through, hallelujah. And I started praying for all of you. I started praying for my family. I have three children and there's one of them. Hadn't talked to me in over a year. And I just asked God for everybody to be touched by the Holy Spirit. And I asked God to touch my daughter's heart. That was Saturday, not yesterday, a week ago. By Tuesday night, she called me, begging for forgiveness that how much wrong she had done and that she wanted to come back into the Lord's way, into following Jesus. I just know the prayer. There is power in the Lord, power in the prayer. We have to pray more. I know that we can do it if we really believe it from the heart. And just pray till you break through. God is almighty. And she was, the next day she called me again and she says, Mama, please forgive me. I said, just ask Jesus. God is the almighty. You don't have to ask me. And it was so amazing. I think God, if we want to, we have to want to. We have to believe. And don't just, oh, yes, you know, don't even bend our knees. Oh, yeah, we pray. No, you have to be meaning it from the bottom of your heart. God does almighty things. God does almighty things. He is the one. Thank you. Give praise. Praise the Lord. Um, I would like to thank God this morning. I'm usually a shy person. I don't like to speak in front of people. But I've been praying to God because it's been a while since I've prayed and felt the presence of God. And I remember telling my husband that I feel like God has taken his spirit away from me because I haven't been able to be in the presence of the Lord. And I've been praying and praying this past week. I even tried to fast. I fasted half day, and then I couldn't make it through the whole day. But then I said, God, this is a step. This is the beginning. And I hope that you continue to be with me and bless me. This morning, I called my supervisor and I asked her if she can cover me for just two hours so that I can come to church. Surprisingly, when I said church, she understood and gave me two hours to come to church. And I said, this is God working through me. 
and the time that I entered this door, I felt like something was lifted from me. I felt like the God was restoring strength to me again, and I would like to thank him so much. Praise God. It's just so cool to hear those testimonies this morning. This morning when I was over there um, in intercession, I just really felt like God wanted to break through, that there was something to be broken through, and uh, there were strongholds that were just coming down, and that's amazing. Um, uh, yesterday at The Rock, they had the Chariots of Light come in. It's a biker group, and they, they do evangelism. And uh, so I didn't end up going out with them. I stayed back and watched some of the kids so some other people could go out. Uh, but... Just a, a quick little testimony from there. One of the, the places they went into Shell just to, to get some change, and three guys from Shell got saved. So just cool things are happening in Beggarville. It's amazing. Thanks, Amanda. Anybody else? We need to respond to this somehow. Um, Chris, you got something, right? You got something? You're moving like you did. Anybody else have it? Anyone have anything else they want to? Carol? I'm very touched by the testimonies. And I just want to thank all of you people. The week of the fair, we sat out and we prayed more. We had people lined up every day doing intercession around the prayer. And I believe, I believe we're seeing results even now. We're seeing that prayer is the answer. We should have a 24-hour prayer going around Vegarville. You know, we see, we see what God can do when we humble ourselves and pray. Thinking of a verse in Second Chronicles. If my people will humble themselves and pray, then they will hear from heaven and they will, the last part, and I will heal their land. So I just want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you hear our prayers. There's not one prayer, not even one prayer that goes up in Jesus' name that is not heard. So I just want to say thank you, Lord. I want to say glory to your name, Lord. Glory to your name. And while I'm here, I want to say one more prayer. I want to say for Jerbe's wife. I want to pray when that baby comes for this week, I just want to send up a prayer to heaven on behalf of this corporate gathering today, that little baby as it comes to us joins this world. Thank you, Father.
Father, we thank you that your hand is not short. We thank you that your heart is so large, Lord. Father, that we are not under the curse, but we are under the blessing because of your Son on Calvary. And Lord, that you have given us freedom, you've given us authority, but more than all of that, Lord, you've expressed your love to us, each one of us, uniquely and in so many different ways. So, Father, we stand here before you and we testify of your great love, your great mercy, your great compassion, and the things that you have yet to do, simply because you love us not by anything that we can do or perceive or understand, but by the, your pure grace and your pure love for us, Lord. And so, Father, we, we bask in that, but in the world we focus on you, Jesus. And we give you the praise, even as our sister spoke earlier today, Lord, that we worship you, we bow down before you, we honor you, and, Lord, we glorify you. And on behalf of this congregation, Lord, each one of us, Without exception, Lord, we thank you for what you are doing, what you have yet to do in us individually and as a church corporately and in this community. That the name of Jesus would be a banner that would be raised up high, that the love of God would, would be perceived by the world in your people, Jesus. That we would draw them to you, Lord, through your love through us, that you would be glorified. Thank you for what you're doing, Lord. We thank you and we glorify you and we praise your name. And Lord, as we continue with the praise, Father, even as Ryan had said earlier, Lord, it's a battle in the spirit. Lord, we are mighty warriors by your love and your grace and your hand. And so, Lord, let us grab a hold of that truth and let us perceive who we are in Christ Jesus, men and women and children, blessed family, anointed of God, who has a purpose, who have come together for a purpose, Lord to worship you and express love to each other and to you, Lord, and to the world outside, that you would be glorified. In Jesus' name, and God's people said, amen. Um, sorry, I don't, is Mark, your name, your name is again? Heidi, can you come release what you're carrying for families, that breakthrough for, for everybody? Would you mind just... You're carrying something. Lorene's sensing it. I agree. You're carrying something. So if you would release that breakthrough for families. Anybody have family that they need to come back to the Lord or gets, not even come back, come the first time? Anybody? Okay. Dear Lord, I come before you. I come before you and I ask you, please, can you help us? Can you help us to be strong in your name? I ask, please, Lord. There is many of us would have families, what our children, mom, dad, brothers or sisters. Please, Lord, I ask each and every one here to open their hearts. Please, Lord, I ask you, I declare your love. I declare your power. I declare that you are the one. Please, Lord, help us. Help us to come to our family in love. Pray for them. Please help us to pray for them. There is nothing like a prayer that comes from the bottom of the heart. I declare your love, your power 
on each and every one of us, our families. Please, Lord, help us. Forgive us our sins to begin, the first one. Our, our love for you that it can light up. Please, Lord, I pray that you help us to show, to glow, that you can glow through us, to our families, that they will come to the Lord. I pray that you help each and every one here to go into your, from your name to our families. And I know you can do it. As long as we ask for it, you said, if we ask, we shall receive. In your name, Jesus Christ, amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus is awesome. Jesus is awesome. You hear me when I call. You are my morning song. Though darkness fills the night, it cannot hide the light. Whom shall I fear? You crush the enemy underneath my feet. You are my sword and shield. Though troubles linger still, whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. The God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. My strength is in your name, for you alone can save. You will deliver me, yours is the victory. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? I know who goes before me. I know who stands behind. A God of angel armies is always by my side. The one who reigns forever, he is a friend of mine. The God of angel armies is always by my side. Let's declare this, yeah. And nothing formed against me shall stand. You hold the whole world in your hands. I'm holding on to your promises. You are faithful, you are faithful, and nothing formed against me shall stand. You hold the whole world in your hands. I'm holding on to your promises. You are faithful. 
from you are all things and to you are all things you deserve the glory oh Jesus you're so worthy you're worthy of it all you're worthy of it all for from you to you are all things, you deserve the glory. Just one more time. You are worthy of it all, oh, so worthy. You are worthy of it all, my Jesus. For from you are all things, and to you are all things. You deserve the glory. You're worthy of it all. You're worthy of it all. All praise to you, our King. For from you are all things. To Praise you, mighty King Jesus. Praise you, mighty King. Awesome. Lift your hands. Would you pray? 
worship, as the worship team, as worship leader, we're always, we're always trying to break through into something. But there's also an acknowledgement of, there's an acknowledgement of who we are in Christ, that we're seated in the heavenly places. That's where we're worshiping from. But there is stuff that we're doing here. There's releasing a sound over Vegreville. There's, uh, yeah. So Lorene was hearing whistling while we were singing How Great Is Our God, like loud whistling. It's not just guys. Most I know more women that can whistle loud like that, actually, than guys. Cutting through. How great is our God? Can anybody whistle like that? Penny can. Can Penny? Okay. Uh, who else can whistle like that? Who else can whistle loud? Anybody? There we go. There we go. Okay. Okay. So we're gonna we're gonna sing. How great is our God? So uh, something about frequencies. Just so you know, um, higher frequencies uh, cut through. Um, they're easier, easy, more easily heard, and, and they they cut through a lot further. Bass tends to go out on the floor. That's you know it's a big wave, and it it uh, it's felt more than more than heard. But high frequencies, like a trumpet, that's why they use a trumpet in war. Um, the shofar, like those are those those high pitched frequencies carry. They cut they cut through stuff. They can be heard through all kinds of things, like a bell, very high frequency. So um, let's let's cut through. The noise over Vegreville. Let's sing how great is our God. And when we're in it, for you, those of you that can whistle loud, give her, give her. Well, we're in how great is our God. Just whistle. I mean, you're, join, you're, joining, you're joining the sound of the universe, which you got pulsars and all kinds of stuff going on out there, making all sorts of noises. A whistle is going to cut here. We can we can blast that out. It's what our human bodies is one of the louder sounds our human bodies can do. So let's let's give her. So. We got to kind of go up into it though. So we'll start at the first verse. the demons nuts whistle yeah you're the name above all names you are worthy of all praise and my heart will sing 
great you are, God. You are great and mighty. You are above all. You are the Lord of lords, King of kings. There is none greater than you, God. Jesus, you are Lord over the city. You are Lord over the town of Vegreville. Yes. Said your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom is in us. We carry your kingdom here in Vegreville. Jesus, you are on the throne. You are on the throne. Give us a revelation of the authority we carry. The authority we carry, the kingdom we carry in us. Your kingdom has come. It's here. It's in our hearts, Lord. You said kingdom is here and we carry it we carry it in you so may our feet take ground as we walk out from this place this week sorry Steve's got a message I'm sure too but at the end of this we take ground we declare a taking of ground and a holding of ground we displace the enemy in Jesus name we are the default. The kingdom is the default. Not the enemy. The kingdom is the default. Yeah. We break the lies. It's all he's got is lies. And we break those lies. We displace them with, our, with your presence, God. With your presence. As we carry praise around this town this week and going forward. Your presence. 
come to be known more and more here in Bayville. In Jesus' name. army. Oh, hey, there we go. We are part of your army, Lord. We are part of your team, Lord Jesus. And the work is not finished yet. The work is not finished yet here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless your name. You are worthy. You are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. And we pray for that breakthrough to come, Lord. We just we pray and we we come against the work of the of, of the adversary. We come against the Satan. We come against the lies and the deception. We we just command in Jesus' name that the scales will fall from the eyes. That hearts would be open. Your rule, your kingdom, Jesus. That there will be those who will repent, believe, embrace the good news of the kingdom of God. It's the good news that we have. It's all that we have to offer. And boy, is it something good. And so we ask for that, Lord, that you would just do that, we pray. Lord, everything that has been done so far and said, everything, every prayer that has been prayed, Lord, every praise that has ascended to heaven, we pray this morning, Lord, that you, it would have been pleasing. We thank you, Lord, that when we come together, it has already been stated and celebrated that when we come together, we're so grateful for that collective presence that we sense, that you're here. 
And so, Lord, in this moment, we just, we just extend our hands toward heaven together as this body of Christ, and we just we, we thank you, Lord, that in your first coming, that when you came, you were stating in your coming that you were that the power of the enemy was being broken. And it's continuing to be broken over lives. You said that if I cast out demons or evil spirits by the finger or the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God has come upon you. So we declare and we take charge and we take command in the authority that Jesus has given us and the power of the Holy Spirit for all of those who are afflicted by disease and illness and and those who are suffering uh, from the onslaught of the enemy, we just, we just command that these things be broken over their lives. Those, Lord, who are among us that are away because of sickness or whatever it might be, that, God, that you would just do a releasing in their lives. We pray in Jesus' name, and we command a releasing and a liberation and a freedom over their lives because, Lord Jesus, you have a calling and a vocation upon each and every one of us together to, to, to really rattle the gates of hell in this community. Hallelujah. Lord, may we ascend. May we rise up as the church. As you said, the church, you would build your church and the gates of hell would not be able to prevail against her. And we're a part of that, Lord. We thank you that we're a part of that today. And so we, we put to flight every demon spirit everything that would hinder in Jesus name in Jesus name we put on our badges that you've deputized us with and in the authority of Jesus Christ we come against these things and we say no more devil no more no more do you have a, the field day here in this community no more do you have a right to come in and to destroy our families and to destroy our relationships and we come against these things and we declare that there's going to be a day of reconciliation and a day of redemption a day of restoration in the house of god hallelujah we declare that you're doing it lord you're doing a work a great work lord hallelujah Praise His name. Praise His name. You're doing it, Lord, because it's an inside job. It's an inside job. Oh, hallelujah. We're hearing from you, Lord. We're hearing it from you from all sorts of different angles. You're speaking through your people. You're speaking to us directly. But you're speaking to us, and you're grabbing a hold of our attention. And you're showing us that this is an inside job. We can't produce it on our own. This is of the Spirit. Hallelujah. This is of the Spirit. This is what, God, this is what changed Paul. This is what changed Peter. It's an inside job. It's an internal work. You can't, you can't produce it from the outside. No human effort can accomplish it. But it's accomplished by the Spirit of God as we submit and yield to Him. And so, Lord, we bear ourselves to you. We lay our, as, you, as we've been singing, you are worthy of it all. You are worthy of it all. And so, Lord, help us to be a people who hear your word, respond to your word of what the Spirit would want to say to his church. And may we move in step with you, Lord. 
that we move in step with you. We don't move one muscle. We don't move one inch unless we know you're going before us. Amen? Amen? We take charge over these things. And Lord, we just pray today. Oh, that you would have your unhindered. I just pray your unhindered way just continually, Lord. Perpetuate. Just, just, just a perpetual, unhindered way of, of the Holy Spirit having his way in our lives and his church. Thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, more. Who wants more? We need more of you, Lord. We need more. We need more. We need more. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yeah, you got something to share. So just as um, Pastor Steve was praying, I just felt that I was to release something over all of you. I just release a violent boldness to take hold of the kingdom in the spiritual and in the physical. I just break the fear of man. I break the fear of man. And we declare a violent boldness over each one of you to take hold of the kingdom, to break the kingdom in the spiritual and in the natural. Thank you, God, for your boldness, Holy Spirit, boldness, kingdom violence. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Well, we've heard a lot today. Amen. It's been good. So I'm not going to try to speak too long, but uh, welcome this morning. It's been good. Amen. It's been good. It's been good. God is doing some, God's doing things. We know he is. God's doing things. So welcome to Maple Street this morning. I uh, just want to turn your attention to the bulletin just for a few moments. Uh, please take the time to, to, to read that over. Um, and, um, of course, uh, in the next couple of Sundays, myself and my family, we're going to be taking a little bit of a, a break, and, uh, and it's been some, probably since 2016 that we've actually been able to, to do that a little bit, and uh, of course, we're going to, my wife is still working through those weeks, and so we're going to try to use the weekends a little bit to spend some, uh, just some quality family time together as much as we possibly can as much as uh, different circumstances afford us to do so. So uh, if, if you don't mind, if you could just remember us uh, during those Sundays. And, of course, uh, um, uh, Lincoln is going to be sharing uh, next week and uh, probably um, just going to allow some body ministry to take place. Like today has been really good. I've really, really been blessed, really been encouraged today by things that been, uh, have been shared. Just really encouraged. I, I find that it's... It's in those moments when um, I don't know about you, but I get encouraged. Who got encouraged today? I've been getting, I've been encouraged already, and uh, built up. We, we build one another up, don't we? When when we, we, we when we just share and, and we allow God to work through us, we, it builds up the body of of Christ. And and so um, through worship and through everything that's been shared, it's been really really good. And so. Uh, just appreciate the sensitivity and the leading to be able to facilitate that. Ryan, thank you so much for, for, for doing that. And um, just also want to mention as well, coming up in September, uh, we still have our, our September the 16th on the, on the radar. And, uh, 
and of course water baptism and we just want to have a, we just want to make that I just want to make that a day of celebration and just connecting and, and strong in our fellowship and and if the Lord's laying it on you to, to, to invite someone to come along it's fantastic I encourage you to do that as well and I um, just want to thank you for, for supporting that. Also, coming up in September, you'll notice, um, uh, and I want to really encourage for those that can make it on Tuesday nights in, in September, uh, especially we are, I mean, we're going to be having a little time of, short time of worship, and, and we're going to be moving into a video teaching series by John Bevere. This is, this is gold. I just want you to let you know that what he's going to be bringing over 12 weeks is gold. It's gold. It is worth a lot. It's worth your time. It's worth the effort. You're going to be challenged, but you're also, it, it is, it's going to be something that, that just brings health into relationships. Uh, and so this is health in relationships and in every sort of relationship. This is teams. This is family. This is church. This is your, even in your workplace. You can take these principles uh, from the scriptures, and you can apply it. Uh, and so it's titled The Bait of Satan. Some of you may have read the book. It might have been a long time since you've read the book. I think we probably need to read the book every year. Uh, I know I would need that um, because, you know, we have an enemy who wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And one of the ways that he does that is through relationships. So I just want to mention that as well. And, um, of course, we'll be resuming our children's ministry in the, in the fall. And um, so keep that in mind as well. And I know there's some folks that have been, um, been contacted or at least some folks are, are in people's minds to contact and, and to get things moving along and with some training and such so, uh, yeah, we just believe that the Lord's got some good things in store. So uh, if we could ask our ushers to come at this time, and we're going to worship the Lord in our tithe and offering. Yes, he's worthy of it all. Amen. We sang that this morning. He's worthy of it all. And so uh, this is an opportunity for us to bless the Lord and bless him uh, with our generosity because he's been a generous God toward us, hasn't he? Amen. Amen. He's, he's given us life. He's given us abundant life, and we want to express our gratitude toward our, our Savior. So we're going to put that on the board. Yeah, there it is up on the screen. And um, Frank, why don't you lead us this morning? As we receive today's offering, we are believing you for heaven opened, earth invaded, store houses unlocked, and miracles created. Dreams and visions, angelic visitations, declaration, impartation, and divine manifestations, anointings, giftings, and calls, positions and promotions, provisions and resources, to go to the nations, souls and more souls from every generation, saved and set free, carrying kingdom revival. Thank you, Father. As I join my value system to yours, you will shower favor, blessing, and increase upon me so I have more than enough to co-labor with heaven to see Jesus get his full reward. Hallelujah. I definitely don't want to keep you here all afternoon, but if you get your Bible, turn it into Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4. I'm kind of 
I'm kind of blasting a little bit over just a little bit, but just to kind of give a bird's eye view. So the last time we, we were in Ephesians, last time we were in Ephesians, we looked at some of the blessings of our position in Christ. Anybody can remember what some of those were? You don't have to be comprehensive, but... How many felt good to be chosen? Right? How about, how about adopted? Yeah? We were redeemed, forgiven, all sorts of wonderful things of our, of our position in, in Christ. We've been adopted to sonship, redeemed, forgiven. Of course, we know about God's grace being lavished upon us. And that, of course, that means liberally, right? Lavished upon us. This reminds me of the time, I think it was, at Aiden, or it might have been Elizabeth. One of them, I'm not sure if it, was, if it was syrup or if it was ketchup, but I'm pretty certain the top of the bottle popped off, and uh, they just drenched whatever they were going to eat with lots of syrup or ketchup. And that's just the way it is with God and His grace. He just pops the top off and just pours it out liberally. That's what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 1. And in, and in verse uh, 7 and 8, he says that God's grace that he's lavished on us. And as we moved along, we, we, we uh, and I kind of want to give a little bit of a bird's eye view of, of the other parts of what Paul was getting into because it kind of leads into chapter 4. It leads into chapter 4. And, and one of the things that Paul notices or he, he, he uh, highlights is, is he's, he's talking about the purpose of, his, of the mystery of God's will. And he talks about this in verse 10 of chapter 1, to, to be put into effect when the time is reached for fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. So he's talking about that there's going to be, at the end of the age, God is going to bring everything, everything, under, under Christ. And he talks about us being chosen in him, being predestined according to the plan of him who works at everything in conformity to his will. And he talks about the power of God that's at work within us as he's, as he's moving into the latter part of the chapter. And in chapter 2, he, he reminds us of a couple of things. He reminds us that we were dead. How many know that before you came to Jesus, it, that you, we were dead in our trespasses and in our sins? We were dead. But he says that we were, a made, we were made alive. And he talks about, in the latter part of the second chapter, of how God is creating this one body. Because he's talking to the the believers at Ephesus. And he's showing them how the Jewish people and the Gentile people are coming into that one person. Amen? That's why we can sing Father Abraham had many sons. And many sons had Father Abraham, and I am one of them, and so are you. Because he's put together this one this one, this one body, Jew and Gentile together, because there is reconciliation that is taking place. And of course, in verse, or excuse me, in chapter three, he moves along and he talks about how the Gentiles that, that the, he's talking about the mystery of God's grace, his his mysteries being being made known to to, to Paul by revelation, and how that uh, and that mystery in verse six, three verse six is this mystery is that through the gospel, through the good news, that the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, and how many said, or how many be excited about that and say amen, that we are heirs to the promises of God. We participate in that. We benefit from that. And that is why Paul was so bent 
on sharing about the grace of God to the Gentiles. Of course, we are Gentiles. And so we, we, we benefit from that. And as he moves down through chapter 3 at the very end in verse 14, he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven on earth derives his name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Notice where he's dwelling. He's dwelling in our hearts. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Very important. Rooted and established in love may have power, listen to this, together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how, how long and high, how high and deep the love of Christ is. And know that this love is surpassing that surpasses knowledge. And you'll see that Paul picks up that same theme in another book where love really is, is greater than all the other things. Love surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Okay, so that's closing out a bit of chapter 3 because this kind of leads into chapter 4, which we're going to look at today, walking right. So, Father, we come humbly before your throne of grace again, asking for your help today, Holy Spirit, that you will quicken our minds and our hearts to hear what the Spirit is saying. And that, Lord, that we would we would understand um, that this is about your love in our hearts where you dwell. Because it really is an inside job, as we said before. So, Lord, be with us this morning. Open up our ears, open up our, our understanding, and, and may we take what you, what you have, Lord, and, and may it be applied. May we work this thing out, that it makes a difference. In Jesus' name we ask, amen. Amen. How many believe that Jesus makes a difference? Jesus makes a difference. I was talking with uh, Jeremiah Rabel just uh, on, on Wednesday, and uh, he came down from Edmonton just to do a little podcast uh, and uh, as we were out, at, out for lunch, not out to lunch, but we were out for lunch, right? We're not crazy. There was just, there was just something that kind of popped into my mind. It just came, it just dropped right in. And uh, one of the things that dropped in that stuck with me was I just sensed that the Lord was saying that, uh, you, know, you know, what are we to do as a church? And I just believe that it's transforming, transforming Vegreville one soul at a time transforming Vegreville one soul at a time. So when God transforms people, how many know that sometimes all, that, that one person that's transformed can make a huge difference? One person can make a huge difference. And it's when, and when he gets, when he genuinely gets a hold of us, like when Paul said, well, being seized by Christ, that when, when God truly gets a hold of us, and he gets a hold of our hearts, and he gets a hold of our affections, our, our motivations in our, for our lives, that if we truly see that walked out and applied, it can make a huge, huge impact. Just think about Paul himself on the road to Damascus, and he's carrying letters, and he is against the church. He, he's breathing out murderous threats. He's putting people into to prison. He's trying to extinguish this Jesus movement, and yet on the road to Damascus, we find in 
that he has a powerful encounter with Jesus that totally transforms him and then also the very motivation, the very purpose of his life. And from there, Paul does a complete 180-degree turn. And because of that 180-degree turn, Paul became a, a, just a voracious missionary to spread the gospel of the kingdom and to demonstrate the kingdom all through the places that the Spirit of God had given him uh, that room to, to maneuver. And so we know that God, when just getting a hold of someone's life, can make a huge difference. And I believe that that's what God wants to do through us. He wants us to make a huge difference in this town. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that we actually have a calling and a purpose? And so Paul, springboarding out of those three chapters, because he likes to lay a foundation a little bit here. He springs board, he, he just leaps into chapter 4, and in, the, and, and in chapter 4, verses 1 to 6, here's what he writes. He says, as a prisoner for the Lord, because remember, this is where he is, he's writing, he's, he's under arrest. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you, this is Paul, I urge you, in the light of all that we've discussed, in the light of who you are in Jesus, in the light of the glorious inheritance that you're going to receive, in the light that you were once dead, but you are now alive in Jesus, in the light of the fact that he's putting together this wonderful body of saints all across the world, in the light of all of this wonderful stuff that he's unpacked to them, I then urge you, I urge you, to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. Now I want to stop right there just for a second and just remind us that we all have a calling. Did you know that? There isn't one of us that's here today does not have a calling from the Lord. You have been saved for a purpose. It's not just to, you know, wait until you pass on and go to heaven. There is a calling on your life now. The Spirit of God wants to equip us, anoint us, empower us, not so that we can hit the the button on the side of a recliner and just take it easy for the rest of our lives. And I want you to know it's not even just so you can work and put bread on the table or gas in your vehicle. But God has a purpose. That is to partner with Him in seeing others come to know him. You remember Paul, he said that one of the purposes in his life was to know him and to make him known. To know him and to make him known. In other words, I have relationship with him and out of that relationship, then I can represent. It's hard to represent someone and do it well unless you know them have a relationship. So Paul understood that, that his vocation was to go to the Gentiles, was to bring the, the light of the gospel. And so here he is, he's, he's brought that to the Ephesian believers here in this, in, this, in this city. And then he's saying to them after he lays that foundation, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. And here's what he says, it's just very practical by the way. He says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing 
with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called into one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all, who is over all and through all, in all. And so I said before, Paul is, is taking these chapters, he's laying out all of these wonderful things. And then he reminds us of three things, and I want to highlight them. I don't want to spend too, too long. I'm thinking, okay, if I can get this done with uh, maybe 30 minutes tops. So here we go. Three things. So as we move to the next slide, number one, number one, if we're going to walk right, which is what Paul is asking us to do, we need to have the right perspective. Right perspective. So looking at verse 1 again together, he says, I urge you. I urge you. In other words, I beg you. I exhort you. I beseech you. Would be another way to put it in the, in the King James Version. It means that please, please, please hear my counsel. This is so, so, so important. That this needs to be a guide for your life. I urge you, he, he says. He says, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling in which you've received. I urge you to live a life that's worthy of the calling that you've received. Because remember, Paul was telling us, he was telling us that we have been chosen, we have been adopted. We've been redeemed. We've been sealed in Christ. We've received the Spirit as a, as a deposit. We have been enlightened to the hope of the calling. We, we, we understand that we are heirs and joint heirs with Christ. All the possessions that God has, we are going to be partakers of that and of His power and of His purposes. And of course, one time we were dead, but now we are alive in Christ. So therefore, knowing who you are, it's so important that we understand that we need to play our position. We need to play our position. It reminds me of hockey a little bit. Who here is a hockey fan? How many would know that if someone is really good at keeping pucks out of the net, probably you don't want them at center ice? Does that make sense to you this morning? Because a goaltender, their gift is to allow people to fire pucks at 100 miles an hour at them and they're crazy enough to stand there between the pipes and have those pucks hit them. But when you have a guy like a Wayne Gretzky type player or Connor McDavid, you don't want them between the pipes. You want them at center ice because they have a gift that's different. They, have a, they play a different position. And coaches understand that you want the right player with the right type of giftings, the right type of abilities, playing in the right position. Because that's how you build championship teams. And when we understand that God has called us out 
He's equipping us. He's, he wants to anoint us with authority and power of the Holy Spirit. That, that, that he's called us to, together to form a body of believers that collectively, I want you to know, that there is even a witness in our togetherness. There's a witness in our fellowship. There's a witness in how we, re, how we relate to one another. Did you know that? And he's saying, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you've received. Now that you know your position in Jesus, now that you know who you are, we need to practically live that out. We need to play that position. And so Paul, when he says live a life worthy, he is urging us to live to, to lead the sort of life that matches our vocation. And what it means when he says worthy is that we, it means bringing up the other beam of the scales. In other words, your practice needs to match your profession. Some people will say you need to practice what you preach, right? Does that make sense this morning? Your profession needs to match your practice. Now, think about this for a moment in the, in the world. and we, We've oftentimes talked about this, me and my wife. That uh, how many know that when you when you when you go to, have you ever went to the dentist by the way and as the dentist is working on your teeth you're looking at the dentist's teeth Who, who's ever done that <laughs> you're, he's working on your teeth maybe your teeth need to be straightened maybe your teeth need to be cleaned. I mean, I remember when I was in the fourth grade and it's field day and we're doing competitions and I'm not paying attention to what the teacher wants us to do and I'm up on the monkey bars or, yeah, I think it was the monkey bars and I'm like pulling myself up and the teacher yells, really rattles me. I let go, my mouth hits the crossbar, chips and drives one of my teeth up into my gums and that means that there's dental work to be had. I didn't get a ribbon that day. The only color I saw was a little bit of red. But it created an opportunity, whether my parents could afford it or not, to have many subsequent appointments with Dr. Mailman. And I remember laying back in the dentist's chair and as he was working on my teeth with rubber dams and all sorts of instruments that I really didn't want near my mouth, like, zzz, does that sound familiar? These drills and things, and you're seeing bits of your teeth flying out of your mouth everywhere, and there's spit flying everywhere, and, and, you, and you can't swallow, and you're hoping somehow they'll suck that stuff out of your, your mouth. I'm sitting there with my sunglasses on, with the big light hanging over my head, but I am looking at his teeth. And there's a reason I'm looking at his teeth. It's because I want to know if this dentist is credible. Because it would be very hypocritical to straighten my teeth and clean my teeth if his teeth look bad. Would you, would you agree with what I'm driving at? So I, for some reason, every time a dentist would open my mouth, I wanted them to open their mouth. Because I wanted to see what they had. I wanted to know 
if they practiced what they preached. I want to know if what they did or what they had matched their profession. And I think that it's very important that as as followers of Jesus, those who Paul has already talked about, we've been chosen and redeemed and forgiven and we've got the of God and we're in the kingdom of God, that, that when it comes to those on the outside and even those on the inside, that we have to be sure. I think Paul would encourage us to do that. I urge you, I, I beg you, that to make sure that who you, are, who you professed to have in your life who you know, who you are serving, that what you do reflects who he is. Because again, we want to represent him well. Would you agree with that this morning? We want to represent Jesus well. So we need to have that right perspective this morning. You know, we don't want to be known as people, and, I know, and, this, and if this doesn't apply with, to you, this is wonderful. If it does, you know, May, may, the, may the Holy Spirit just work on us. But I remember when, when I was growing up in the church, and one of the things that they, you know, they frowned upon was external things. Have you ever noticed, that, that, you know, the things that we do externally? Like we, we shouldn't, uh, you know, there's things you shouldn't do, places you shouldn't go, people you shouldn't hang around with. When I was growing up, it was frowned upon to go to the theater. It was frowned upon to go to the street when you're a teenager and hang out with all the young people that were, were, were smoking cigarettes, just the way that it was. It just wasn't a good idea that you'd be caught at a party. Because, I mean, if Jesus came at that time, what's going to happen if, if the rapture came, right? And so I remember them having all these, I believe that probably even more important, and because I think that there's a change on the inside, there will be a, a reflect on the outside. See, sometimes we can impose legalistic standards on people, thinking that if we can just get them to change the outside, it'll somehow work its way on the in. I don't know about you, but I just am a believer that God does an inside jobs. He does inside jobs. He, he, he's concerned about cleaning up what's on the inside. And when he cleans up what's on the inside, it will reflect on the outside. Anybody say amen to that? I, I, I'm, I'm sort of believing that this will be more concerned about, you know, how, how do we talk about our brothers and sisters in the Lord? Do we, do we tear them down or do we build them up? You think that's important? Do we false witness? Do we... Do we, you know, do we, do we seek to, to be rude or, 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 or you know, if we, if, we get, uh, if we get hurt, do we, do we try to hold on to that offense so that it becomes something that's bitter in our lives? Or, or do we actually try to put the grace of God into work toward them and try to bring, you know, work it all out and have reconciliation? Because I don't know about you, but I, I, I just sense that God is concerned very deeply about our hearts. And what is in our, because what is in our hearts is what's going to show forth. And so Paul is saying to us, he's saying, we, we, we need to consider that this morning. 
It's like when, when uh, Queen Victoria, when she was a kid and she didn't know that she was in line for the throne of England, that her instructors tried to prepare her for the future, but they couldn't motivate her at all. They, she wouldn't take her studies seriously. So, they, look, you, you need to study. You need to be educated. So here's the books. Didn't want to do it. Didn't want to take the training. Didn't want to do all that sort of stuff on the outside. But finally, they decided to tell her one day that, listen, I don't know if you've got the memo yet, but you're going to be the queen of England someday. Well, I want you to know it changed her perspective. When she heard that, she recognized that she had a calling. She had a future vocation. She had to get ready for it. And so the next thing you know, she decided, okay, okay, then I will be good. So her inherited high calling gave her a sense of responsibility, and that changed her conduct from that point on. Why? Because she embraced who she was going to be, but also who she was now. And in so doing, it changed and motivated her when it came to her actions. I want you to know this morning, we are none of us here this morning. Uh, if you, I'm not sure if you get the memo. We're not in line for the throne of, of, of England. I'm really sorry to disappoint you in that. But none of us here are going to sit on the throne. But I want to say, but that's okay because we have a higher calling. Amen? We have a higher calling. We are co-heirs and heirs with Jesus Christ. We are destined to reign. Read your Bible. Read Revelation chapter 22. It says that we're going to rule and we're going to reign with him forever and ever and ever. There's never going to be an end to our rule and reign with Jesus. And to his government, listen, folks, there will be no end. So you have a higher calling. We are royalty. Amen. That's right. We are a kingdom of priests and kings. See, that's why Paul is saying, I urge you, walk right. Because you need to know who you are. And you need to know where you're going. And you need to know who you represent. And you need to know that you're going to rule and reign with him. Amen? This is, okay, that's awesome. So number, that's number one. Number two, not only do we need right perspective, we need right position. So Paul says this in chapter 2, verse 8. He says, for it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. We, in other words, we live entirely dependent on the grace of God. How many would agree that we're nothing without God's grace? We're nothing without God's grace. We're nothing without Jesus. We are nothing when we have nothing, and that should lead us to humility. And humility means to be brought low. Humility or being humble is that characteristic of an unpretentious and modest person, someone who does not think that he or she is better or more important than other people. It is the opposite of asserting yourself. It's the opposite of wanting all of the attention. It means we don't want the spotlight on us, to be humble. 
In fact, it's an attitude that Jesus had. Paul tells us in Philippians 2, verses 5 to 7, he says, Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. In human likeness. Humility. Humility. How many know that when we are humble, that we will do our very best to put others ahead of ourselves? Their feelings, their preferences, and so on and so forth. I remember when we were in Lockport and we were, we were just attending the church there. And we had a pastor who was closing out the service. And there was a couple of people that were musicians on the team. And um, as they were getting to close the service, they had made a decision. I'm, I'm using this as an illustration. They made a decision to close the service, or he made a decision to close the service, and as they were moving toward closing the service and selecting the appropriate song, that they would help to, to lead out at the very end and include things. He called a couple of musicians and asked if they would return. Now, they, had, they usually sat in one location, but they decided to change their location that day for some reason. And when he had invited them to come back, they just kind of yelled over everyone else, Do it yourself! that really wasn't what they did every Sunday. Every Sunday, they were usually there, right right where they were to be, and they were ready to go, and, and hands were on the instruments. And, and today, it was, do it yourself. And so, yeah, he, he did it himself. And it just seemed that there was a, 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 an attitude of stubbornness, I guess you might say. And so the pastor and the board, they wanted to uh, kind of just kind of get to the bottom. Like, wh why? Why did this happen the way that it did? And there was just pushback. There was pushback, and, and, uh, and it got to the place, to be honest with you, where it actually caused a lot of problems in the life of the church. It led to the place where the person who was also playing one of the instruments was also the secretary treasurer, and, and uh, they were so upset with how things went that they threw out the books onto the front lawn in a rainstorm. Board members tried to go and tried to sort things out, and, and I remember speaking to one of them who basically said, you know, we've tried everything within our power to try to reconcile the situation, but there was no openness to reconciliation. And I want you to know that that offense, that stubbornness, it all came down to something really simple. They didn't feel confident playing the songs. They didn't feel that they knew them quite well enough. Well, they were a little resistant to new music anyway, but... They could, have, they could have tried and just explained. Wouldn't you say that? They probably could have tried. They probably could have honored their pastor. 
went up, did, did that, and, and if they didn't do so well with it, they could have said, you know, I just wanna, we just want to let you know we, we were a little hesitant to come up because we didn't really know the songs that well. So is it possible that we could take more time to learn that song so that we would feel more confident that when you're closing the service, that then when we came to play our instruments, that it would be a little smoother? Don't you think that that would have been a really simple solution? I do. But there was just something that swelled up, and sometimes I want you to know that stubbornness or pride or rebellion can just... Listen, we have an enemy of our soul that he just wants to get in and get a foothold in a place in our heart. And if he can get in a place in our heart, and cause, a lot, cause that pride to swell up. It can, it can lead to so many other, um, well, it's kind of like a ripple effect when you throw a stone in the water and there's, you know, you hit the center, but then there's these rings that just, they just keep moving. Oh, there's these ripple effects. And that's why it's so, so important that we, that we have humility of heart. Sure, okay, we, would, we, we didn't know how to play. We, made, we might have made some mistakes and fumbled our way through it, but it doesn't mean that we need to cause such a, a, an issue in, in, the, in the fellowship of the church that it just begins to break down the relationships. And the next thing you know, well, why isn't so-and-so doing this? And, and stuff kind of spreads around. And you know, what that, you know what that's like, right? You know where I'm driving at this, this morning? We need to be, we need to be humble. Because... 1 Peter 5, 5 says, Be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility for God resists the proud give grace to the, but gives grace to the humble. See, I think one of the issues is, is that there wasn't, there wasn't patience here. And Paul says this in, in verse 2, that we are to be patient, bearing with one another. I want you to know this morning, I'm not perfect. And that pastor wasn't perfect. He probably needed to go over the music with, with the musicians a little bit more. He, we're, none of us are perfect. So if, if I can just request this more, I need your patience. I need your patience. Christiane knows that she needs to be patient. She has 20 years of experience. Because I'm not always getting it right. Sometimes I'm a knucklehead. Just being honest. And all the ladies of their, speaking of their husbands, all said, Amen. You got husbands that are knuckleheads, right? Come on, let's be honest. No time, let's take off the mask. No time for hypocrisy this morning. Patient, bearing with one another, bearing with one another. It means long suffering. When you get married, you didn't just get a ring on your hand. You got a, you got suffering. Oh, yeah. Because you didn't know he wouldn't pick up his socks. Right? You didn't know he was a slob. Come on now, ladies. It's your, t- it's your chance. You didn't know that. And guys... You were probably surprised the next morning when you woke up and you saw your wife. You didn't recognize who they were. 
Patience with me, please. Patience, right? No, no tomatoes coming this way. Suffering. Yeah, suffering. She, she needs a medal. You need a medal, dear. You need a medal of patience because you've put up with me for 20 years. Sometimes I say that of my dad. He needs a medal. Anyway, so you'll get that later. Bearing with one another. The Greek word, yeah, trans- suffering, forbearing, endure. It means that we are to put up with each other. Did you know that? Not just in marriage, but in the church, we have to learn to put up with one another. Do you know why? None of us are perfect. We don't get it right all the time. Some of our ideas could be a little wonky. Some of our personalities could be quirky. Some of us are far more, you know, we are extroverts and I'm not me, the extrovert, but we're, we could be extroverts, and we're just like social butterflies, and we're all over the place. And and those introverts don't like the the extroverts because the extroverts wish that they could be a little bit of an of an uh, yeah, the introvert could be a little bit of an extrovert. But the cool thing is, is that God brings together. He brings together a lot of diversity. And then he, then he gives us grace that he, that he supplies. And then he expects that we take that grace and that love that he's given us and we learn how to use it in community. Because that's the good news, isn't it? If you've been saved by grace, it doesn't mean that when you have the annual meeting that there's deacons going up against one another, rolling up their sleeves, and we hit the bell, ding, 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 and let's go round one, you know, deacon A versus deacon B, and we're going to have a, 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 you know, a, a round of boxing over the color of the carpet, over whether you're going to have pews versus chairs, whether you're going to meet in the building or out underneath the tree. Who cares? Who cares? What matters is that we learn to function. We learn to function in patience with one another. Amen? Because it's a fruit of the Spirit. And patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And I want you to know that, and, and you know this from life experience, that, that on the surface we can come up to each other and say, how are how you doing today? So glad to see you in church. Yeah, that's great. How, how are you doing today, brother? Yeah, so really good to see you. Just don't invite me over to your place. I might get to know you too well. And then I might not like you. And then if I don't like you, I might leave and never come back. Right? You might say something to me to offend me, and then I'm, I'm out of here. Right? Take all my toys and go home. So just, we'll just keep it like this. Right? We'll just keep it like that. So somehow, I don't know how this all works, but guess what? I've been married 20 years to my wife, and she still, she still loves me doesn't mean that I haven't messed up. It is a miracle. doesn't mean that I haven't offended her. doesn't mean that I've never hurt her. Do you know that I've, I've, we probably hurt each other more than we've ever hurt anybody else in our lives because we're, we're, we're spending so much time together. But the cool thing is, is there's a, a love that goes deeper than that, a, li- a love that's stronger than the hurts, the offenses, the things that come along that can put wedges between us. There's love that's deeper than that. 
And I don't know about you, but when I think about and try to, you can't fathom the love of God, can you? You can't measure it. You can't measure how high, how wide, how deep the love of God is. And when we have the love of God in our hearts, I want you to know the love of God can overlook and look past all the hurts and the failures and the disappointments. And it's that fruit of the Spirit that causes us to to bear with one another. And the reason is, is because it's, I remember one time, I mean, we've got kids, we've got four of them, and there's been times when we just were ready to sell them on eBay. But I remember that my wife said, there's no way I could ever leave them, I could never leave my children because I love them far too much ever to leave them. Doesn't mean we don't have our spats. Especially when they turn 16 and they know it all. And you know absolutely nothing. You're going to have your, you're going to lock horns. Yeah, it's going to happen. But do we love them too much to leave them? We might feel like kicking them out every now and again. Let the government take them. It's true. Let's be honest. I, I, see, this is, this, is, this is my honesty coming through. And, and if you can't handle the honesty, I'm, I'm really sorry. I just, I'm just, I just like to be real a little bit. Because this is how we feel. But we really love them too much to leave them. And you know what my prayer is? My prayer is that that's the way it'll be in the church. We will love each other so much. We'll have the love of God, the agape love of God, so deep in our hearts. We're, over, we're just overflowing with it. That, that the hurts and, and, and the offenses and the pain that sometimes we experience, we, we will be able to love each other through it all. Because when we're walking in the Spirit, we're controlled by the Spirit, we will be able to suffer long. Number three. I'm bringing this closer, faster. Right perspective, right position, right peace, right kind of peace. And and I'm trying to keep the alliteration going on here. Did you notice that? It's all P words. I originally had unity. I'm like, it don't work. We need some peace. You'll, You'll see where it's going. Look what he says. He says, make every effort. Paul says, make every effort. How many believe that effort sounds like work? Effort sounds like work. He says, make every effort. That literally means exert yourself. I think I get that this morning. I am sweating now. Exert yourself. Diligently try. Do your best to keep the unity. You know that It takes work to keep unity and peace. It's easy. It's easy to let something come along and us get upset about it and put our boxing gloves on and, you know, want to go into the octagon and duke it out. The church shouldn't look like UFC, should it? Not at all. It's not about fighting, it's not about competing, it's about complimenting. And I want to tell you that there's no greater way of looking at this for me because I like music. And I think that when you think about musicians and you think about bands or symphonies or orchestras or whatever, you, you, you see this. Or a hockey team or whatever. When you, when you, play, when you play like a team, you can have unity even though there's diversity. Like this morning... When you have 
you know, your guitar and your piano and hopefully your bass guitar. Because I think I might have missed a couple notes here and there. Like, I'm not perfect, but I already said that. But even though, even though, you know, you've got a, a chord on the guitar, it's a D and there's a slash and it's an F sharp and the bass player is supposed to play the F sharp. Together, even though you might even be playing a little different note, there, there, there can still be a unity there. You're still on the same page. And there's music, folks. Listen to me. How many, how many appreciate the guitar? Yeah, it sounds pretty good, right? But how many like it better when you've got the guitar and the piano? Look at your hand. How, how about when you've got the guitar, the piano, and the drums together? Is it, and, then, and you add a keyboard and maybe add the bass guitar. And, and some of you, if you can play a triangle, we'll get you in there. But the point simply is this, is that if we're going to have unity, it's like working in a group, a band, a team. We're going to have our different sounds. We're going to have our different roles to play. You know, you got the rhythm section back there, and then you got those that are doing the lead sections where they're going to help us keep our voices in the right key. Right? But it was a working together. And Paul uses that analogy in Romans 12, for example. He says that the body is made up of, of uh, not just one part, but of many. There's ears, and there's eyes, and there's feet. And all these parts, he says, are indispensable. And in verse 18, he says that God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. It means that not everybody's going to look the same. Not everybody's going to have the same personality. Not everyone is going to have the same natural gifts or natural or, or spiritual gifts. There's, there's going to be times when we don't see exactly eyeball to eyeball. There's going to be times when there could be a little disagreement. There could be differences of opinions, perspectives. There could be people who are smarter than we are, more gifted than we are, more talented than we are, maybe even more spiritually mature than we are. But at the end of the day, we are to work toward keeping the unity of the Spirit. You know why? One of the reasons why is because it serves as a witness. It serves as a witness to those who are on the outside because, folks, if the gospel don't work in the church, they're not going to think it's going to work for them. Amen? Amen? So with all of that, how do we do it? Well, I'm going to give you two things and we're going to call the worship team together. Because he's worthy of it all. Number one, number one, submission to the Spirit. Submission to the Spirit. How many know that we need, that's not an automatic thing, we need to yield to the Spirit. Amen? We need to yield to the Spirit. We need to open up our hearts and our lives toward Him. We need to, we need to be continually in submission to the Word of God and the Spirit of God. But I also want to add this part too. That we're also to work to keep the unity. And one of the ways is we don't cause disruption. Any, anybody ever have their power go out? I'm going to ask a question. You ever have your power go out? For an hour or two or three? Does it ever cause a disruption in your life? 
You ever, you ever need to, you ever have a plumbing problem and, and, uh, and you need to shut the water off and be without water for a little while? Do you know that that's a, that causes a disruption? See, when there's, when the, when there's a, when there's a, usually, usually when the power goes out, what, what is usually the cause? Anybody have a idea what usually might happen? When the power goes out, usually, at least when I, where I come from, back east, a northeaster was a big thing. And usually when the wind would blow and the storm come out, it's usually when we would have a disruption of the power. And then we get on the phone and we try to find out how long it was going to take for the power to come back on. Well, I want you to know there's times in the church where we start to see storm clouds roll in. We might even see a little spattering of rain. And one of the things that can cause storms within the fellowship is that we can have a disruption in the unity of the Spirit through the relationships that we have. And one of the things that we need to work really hard to do is to prevent that. So when we feel tempted, when we feel tempted to, to speak against somebody or to, or to uh, hold a, a wrong attitude towards someone, and you know that, because I want you to know when you pray for people, have you ever discovered that when you pray for them, you pray for God's best? But when you allow the devil a little foothold, you get them. Bless them, Lord, with a big two-by-four upside the head. That's what they deserve. But when you're ju- truly praying for them, you're praying that God will do great things in their lives. and you're, you're praying nothing but good for them. So we need to watch that in our lives. We need to preserve the unity of the Spirit. It's not to produce it, it's to preserve it. And that when wrongs come, we do everything to make it right. Because that's what Paul is saying. If you, if you want to be one in Christ, if you want to know that there's one, if you want the world to know there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, we need to make unity in the body a natural thing that happens. Because that is part of who we are. We are to be. Remember, God has saved you for a purpose and a plan. He's given you a job to do. He's given me a job to do. He's given this fellowship a job to do. And while it's wonderful to celebrate all the blessings and all the things of our position in Jesus Christ, it leads to, to us to practically live it out, and we need to play our position well. Would you agree this morning? We need to pr- play our position well because he's worthy. I want you to know that when we play our position well, he gets glory. We represent him. We show this world, our family, our friends, what the kingdom of God is and what it is like to be part of it. And I don't know about you, but my hope is that this church will be a little foretaste of what heaven is going to be like. This community needs hope. This community needs to know who Jesus really is. And what they need to see is his kids, his heirs and co-heirs, the ones who are going to rule and reign with him, represent him well. And when they look in, they see this fellowship, they see a little piece of heaven. They get a little, little glimpse of what, it, what it's going to be like. Because, folks, that's what the world needs. They need that hope that Jesus brings. But we need to play our position right. Can we stand this morning? Because he's worthy of it all. Can we sing that song? He's worthy of it all. And this morning, I want to challenge us 
I want to challenge us to live this out. I want to challenge you this morning because God is a God of reconciliation. Amen? He's a God of love. He's a God of forgiveness. He's a God of fellowship, and he doesn't want anything to come between us and him, and he doesn't want anything to come between each other. And so I want to challenge you this morning that if you sense that there's broken and fractured relationships in the church, in your family, at your workplace, keep in mind who we represent. Keep in mind what Paul is saying here. And maybe it means that we go to someone and you say, you know, you remember that time when I said this or I had this attitude? I just want to tell you that I'm, I'm really sorry about that. And I'm asking you to forgive me. I want you to know there's power in that. There's power in that. He's a God of reconciliation. He's a God of forgiveness. He's a God who gives us the grace that we need to be able to live these things out. To have the right perspective. The right position. And to be people of peace. So Lord, I, I, I just pray this morning that the truth that has been shared from right from your word, this, this is your word, God. That Father, that we will be just practically live this out, not to earn favor. It's not to earn favor with you. But it's to show others who we are to show others who we represent, to show others that indeed the kingdom of God is within us. The rule and the reign of God is in us. The love of Jesus is in us. May it be so, Lord, in Jesus' name, because you're worthy of it all. Can we just make this a cry of our... That you, if he is worthy... Of it all, he's worthy of our of our hearts, he's worthy of our attitudes, he's worthy of our walk. Can we live this out this morning? Can, can we choose this morning that that we're gonna we're gonna live this out, we're gonna walk this out, walk this out together? And then in collective witness, in a collective witness, putting this to work in this fellowship. It's going, to, it's going to help people see the power of the gospel to transform lives. And in so doing, they're going, to, they're going to see that there's a difference that Jesus truly makes. Because this world needs emotional and relational health. It's fragmented. Let's be the example. This is worthy of it all.
deserve the glory. All the if, you're, if you're here this morning and, and you just sense that the Holy Spirit has spoken to you concerning rela- healthy relationships and you, you've identified something, maybe, maybe it's a person who's in your family, maybe it's something in, in the church, maybe it's something at work, whatever it might be, and you have just identified, you, you, you just know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you concerning something to do with relationships. You know that relationships need mending. Maybe you're not sure what step that it is, but I want you to know this morning, God can act fast. And He's a God who wants us to be reconciled to each other. He wants us to be able to to deal with these issues. He wants to heal. He wants to heal us not just physically. He wants to heal us emotionally. He wants to heal us relationally. If that message is spoken to you, this altar is open, and we're just going to take a few moments, and we're going to pray for people, that God is going to do a work of restoration. He's going to do a work of reconciliation. He's going to do a work. And I believe he's already started that work. I really do. Amen.
For from you are all things, to you are all things, you deserve the glory. Feel free to go if you want. Be dismissed, but if you want to just stay and just sit before God with whatever you got going on in your heart, just go ahead. We'll just keep playing.